Welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Pirano. Each week we bring you an inspiring person or a message to unlock your true grit. Today, Ryan and I talk to assistant coach of the Rio Grande Valley Vipers, Cody Topper. This is part two of two with our interview with Cody. He drops crazy dimes through the first and this second interview. Let's dive right in. What makes you such a successful coach? I mean, you're young, you're coaching in the D-League, you've worked with Gannon, um, you guys ran a school, yeah, the Rockets. What makes you successful? Is it the skills? Is it the concepts? Is it both? I would say, you know, first and foremost, it's a thirst for knowledge. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's an right. expanding totally. understanding that, you know, that I've got to get better. That I can, that there's something I can learn from everybody, regardless of what level it is, and then try to continue to learn. The minute you think you've got it all figured out is the minute you're for sure wrong. So I'd say that's first and foremost. I was very fortunate to be around a lot of great coaches. My high school coach won eight, eight state championships, uh, and one of the... Uh, you know, one of the players that I looked up to is a guy named James Borrego. He's the associate head coach for the San Antonio Spurs right now. Uh, that's from my high school. And, you know, from there I go play for Coach Donahue, who's rightly regarded as one of the top offensive minds in college basketball. And then from there, I'm playing, you know, in different countries and seeing the game from different points of view. Still with great coaches, whether it's uh, Ninad Vucevic, who was the head coach of the New Zealand national team, who coached me in Italy, or, you know, any of my coaches in Spain or or Germany, John Patrick, who's really had some success over there and actually coaches my brother right now. I mean, it's one of those things where I was never the fastest, the strongest, the most athletic. So I was always really having to understand what are these guys talking about, coaches? What are we trying to get out of it offensively or defensively? What are, you know, really the foundation behind our principles? And, you know, because of that, you know, it always seemed like, hey, I, I could probably be a better coach than player because I was so focused on these things as a player. And I was always the first one to the gym, last one to leave, and all that type of stuff. So the work ethic stuff to me just really came naturally. And so from there, it was just about, you know, learning the game, never being, you know, too advanced to listen to even the simplest concepts, and then continue to expand what I know and understand fully what I don't know that I can learn better. And, you know, for me, I've been fortunate to get to this level. And we've got a great coaching staff that I work with. We've got a great, you know, rapport between us where, you know, I'm always learning from them and uh, and hopefully vice versa as well. And we've seen a lot of success on the court. We've made two consecutive playoff appearances. Uh, we've won over 60 games in our two years uh, coaching, and it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I want to say I appreciate your fast model uh, sports all the time. Those are amazing. That's a lot of knowledge. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you very much. Really appreciate that as well because, you know, fast model is something that, in my opinion, every aspiring coach needs to get a piece of fast model because fast draw is a great way to take whatever you thought of at a restaurant, you wrote down on a napkin, and put it into your own personal library. Right. And then you can share it with your friends. Your friends can share plays with you. You can get on the same network and all, you know, continue to expand what you're looking at, what you're running. And, uh, you know, for us, what we do, our scouting reports are done in Fast Scout, our playbook and everything like that, and as well as all of our opponent playbooks, we put in the Fast Draw. And uh, it really makes it easy for us to 
stay on the same page and then can continue to expand, you know, what we're running offensively and, and also get a better understanding what the opponent's running defensively. Mm-hmm. Love it. Nice. So as a coach, do you um, also stress strength and conditioning and throw in nutrition in there as well? Or do you have, you know, like, hey, go go talk to somebody else, you know, that the organization has? Or do you actually stress that with your pro guys and also the kids that you teach skills during the summer? Yeah, no, I, what I would say is, is first and foremost, the answer is yes. We, we definitely emphasize all those things, lifestyle from a diet standpoint, nutrition obviously strength and conditioning and different things like flexibility uh, core strength you know the types of things that are very very much translatable to the game of basketball and the uh within our organization within the houston rockets obviously we have staff that handle that and then even further than that within our vipers staff we have a strength conditioning coach who also pretty much doubles as our nutrition specialist as well so we go on the road He's always taking guys to Trader Joe's, getting snacks, healthy stuff, providing uh, our guys with different healthy snacks as well as different alternatives in the locker room before the game, you know, during halftime, post-game, things like that. It's incredibly important not to neglect that part of the game. Right. Um, you know, especially, uh, you know, as, as you get older and staying healthy becomes more of the game. It's more about not, hey, maybe I don't have to get stronger, but I have to stay healthy. Maybe I've got tendonitis. I've got to be able to manage while playing you know three games in four days and so it really becomes about understanding that you know for the guys at the professional level the way we equate it is you know your your body's your your money machine and if you had this money machine this machine that just printed you money what kind of oil would you put in would you put the good stuff in it or would you put the cheap stuff in it and everybody says oh well i put the good stuff in it because it prints money well your body is your money making machine so what kind of fuel are you going to put in your body? Are you oh. going to put the cheap stuff or are you going to put the good stuff? Yeah. You know, if, that, if your bodies would actually print your money. And, you know, a lot, of, a lot of our pro guys, they go, whoa, that's interesting. That's a weird way to look at it. But, you know, it kind of puts things into perspective. And, we, you know, when guys really commit to themselves to a solid diet, Kyle Wiltshire right now, who played Gonzaga, is in the middle of committing himself to a very strict diet. And you can see the returns. And you look at Kevin Love. Look at how pudgy he was when he came into the NBA, mm-hmm. and you look how chiseled he is now. So, you know, there are rewards. Oh, man, breaking knowledge. I love yeah, it because I talk that all the time. Well, it it's, might be the best analogy for an athlete because their body is their moneymaker. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's yeah. exactly it. Oh, man, I absolutely love that. What was your uh, favorite shoe you ever played ball in? Hoorah! You know what, actually, I, I really <laughs> loved the LeBron ones, man. The first LeBron shoes, I loved them. They were light. I thought they were great. You know, really outstanding. I really, I really enjoyed those. LeBron's first shoe was great. Hey, uh, Cody, I know you got some great stories of of the coaches and the players that have been in your life. Can you share with us one great, like, hilarious story that you've come across from coaching or or playing? Oh man! All right. Wow, there's so many, right? So it's hard. It's hard to choose from. Give Um, us two. Yeah, it's like I gotta decide. I gotta delicately navigate this situation to figure out what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. We've had a lot of a lot of a lot of fun times, but uh, oh, I got a I got a guy, a coach, great kid, love him, outstanding kid, extremely talented, and he's got a lot of tattoos. Say, hey, you know, I'm not gonna say his name. Hey, what do your tattoos have meaning? You know, what's the, what's the deal? Uh, actually, this is what our head coach asked and. 
said, you know, some of them do, some of them don't. Like, you know, this one time I saw this football player and he flexed, right? And across the inside of his biceps it said 100%. I just said, I got to have that. And uh, (laughs) so our guy, our guy, when he flexes, you know what it says? Percent. 100. Oh. <laughs> How about that, huh? Man. How about that? Someone should have told him. Oh, man. But there's, uh, there's, there's a lot of funny stuff. It's almost like, man, some of these stories, you can't make this stuff up. You should be writing a book. <laughs> he, uh, I, I won't name names either, but he shot, uh, what was it, 90% from the free throw line going two for three or something like that? Exactly. Yeah. I think that's exactly, exactly right. We're on, yeah. the same, we're on the same wavelength right there. Yeah, no names. <laughs> Nice. Love it. So when you uh, coach your team now, or you're actually just playing on those videos of yours that they post every now and then on uh, Instagram, uh, what's your favorite shoe you like to wear now? Um, right now I'm wearing the Hardens. I really like the Hardens. James' oh, shoe yeah. is great. The beard, obviously, in my opinion, is the MVP. Oh, uh, you know, what? Over Westbrook? We can get into that debate here in a minute. After I tell you how great the beard shoes are, his shoes are great. They fit comfortable. They're light. Uh, you know, to me, they contour right to my foot very well. I'm not a big Adidas guy either, but I definitely got to give Beard a shout out for his great shoes. Neither am and I. I love them. Westbrook, if you would like. Sure, uh, why not? <laughs> let's hear. Let's hear why he's not the MVP. He's not the MVP, not because he's not the MVP, but just because Harden is the MVP. That's why he's not the MVP. Huh. And. Here's what I'll say. One, Houston Rockets going into this year, all right, were picked to finish 16 games behind what they actually finished up. That was like, That's the biggest uh, change in, in the NBA from the preseason predictions. You know, so plus 16 games, that's pretty incredible. To lose Dwight Howard, an all-star level player, although we did replace him with Eric Gordon and Ryan Anderson, yeah. two guys who had struggled yeah. staying on the floor, just staying healthy and actually playing minutes, and were coming from a losing program in New Orleans, all right, to lose an all-star, replace him with that, with those two guys, right? Take over the point guard position and account for, I believe, 56 points scored per game is staggering. Uh, and I believe he accounts for more points per game uh, scoring and assisting than anybody has in NBA history outside of Tiny Archibald, who beat him by like 0.1 points. Yeah. He's the first guy in NBA history to have, I, I want to check my stats here. I don't want to give you guys incorrect information. But if you give me one second, I have it right here. <laughs> if you can't tell here, I'm, I'm into it. But um, All right, so, Beard, first guy in NBA history with 2,000 points, 900 assists, 600 rebounds in a season. So that's never happened before. Now, you know, the other thing is, you, Russell Westbrook, obviously his team doesn't have as many wins as James's team. James is beating them head to head. Uh, you know, obviously we'll see what happens in the series coming up. But uh, you know, I saw an inter- interesting thing that Russ also steals rebounds. I don't know if you guys saw that. It's yeah. pretty interesting. Uh, <laughs> on free throw line, typically your big guys box out, right, and they get the rebound. But the Oklahoma City strategy is for the big guys to box out and Russ to go in and get the rebound. And big the big guys they don't even go for the rebound. I've you know, they're actually allowing that. Russ to get those those easy rebounds. I mean. And that's just something that adds to his ability to get, you know, to get those. I believe, I want to say it was like he gets maybe six or seven, what, what were considered by one publication, quote-unquote, free rebounds a game. 
Wow, so, you know, know that. stats can always be misleading. Yeah. But there's one thing that holds true is winning. And, you know, I think Beard's done a great job this year. And it's been all about the victories. Well, that, that's a tough one, too, because Russ, Russ lost Kevin Durant. And now the Warriors have a phenomenal lead. But you wouldn't take any of the Warriors, although they're, they have the highest um, wins. I mean, you wouldn't take any no, of them he, as an MVP. He lost Kevin Durant, and he still made the playoffs, for sure. No doubt about it. But when you look at, you know, who's where, there's a third seed. And then there's lower, you know, and, you know, maybe you can say, you can say, oh, Beard has a better supporting cast, but really when you look at, when you look at everybody on this, the Houston team, right, how can you really make that statement? Well, I, actually, there was numbers posted recently, I think Coach Nick from B-Ball Breakdown posted the numbers, and it showed that Russ's supporting cast was actually performing better. See, there you go. So, you know, two great players, nonetheless, it's fun to have a good debate about it. Uh, I certainly have a bias toward Beard, uh-huh. having been around him and just, you know, seeing the dedication that he puts in and his work ethic and, you know, the leadership that he's displayed all throughout this year that started at, uh, you know, during the NBA Summer League when he got the vets together for workouts and, you know, a lot of respect for him. Yeah, of course. Although I still wouldn't take him as my MVP, but I think we'll, we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> uh, who was your favorite NBA player growing up? That's a really good question, actually. I mean, I was just a fan of the game. I mean, obviously, I loved Michael Jordan. I mean, who didn't? But in the same sense, I also loved Reggie Miller. You know, I loved Larry Bird, even though I only really caught the tail end of, of his true greatness. And, uh, and I really liked Kobe as well. So, I mean, those are kind of the main guys that I was looking at and watching. I loved Reggie because he was a shooter, could shoot off screens. I loved Jordan just because of his sheer com- competitiveness and scoring ability. I love Kobe because of his ability to operate, you know, out of the, the triple threat. I mean, really, he's a guy who uh, was incredibly skilled with his pivots and his body control. And obviously, Larry Bird, you know, was a heck of a player himself. So, you know, those are the main guys that I watched and I looked up to and, uh, and I really enjoyed, you know, emulating them when I was younger. You know, I had jerseys for all those guys. And, you know, obviously, Jordan was the greatest, but all those other guys brought something different to the game that was equally great. Wow. I think that's great. Most definitely. Yeah. What's your favorite Jordan shoe? My favorite Jordan shoe? Well, you know what's so interesting about (laughs) Jordan shoes from specifically as it pertains to, you know, people, you know, who are more my age. And it's really that when I was coming up, like, you didn't wear your Jordans outside. Like, that wasn't a thing to do. You know what I mean? Jordans were only to be worn on the hard court, and that was it. And it was like, if you wore your Jordans like outside, you were doing them a disservice because, <laughs> you know, everybody's like, no, we can't do that. We can't wear them outside. You're gonna mess up the grip. You know, they're not gonna be, they're not gonna be play, you know, game worthy uh, if you keep doing that. But uh, you know, it's hard to pick exactly which ones you know are my favorite. I would have to say, if I'm not mistaken, I want to make sure I'm picking the right ones. Yeah. Yep, the Air Jordan 12s. Okay. Nice. Yeah, 12s were my favorite. I had a great season in those 12s, man. (laughs) I do remember it. Well, I think I was in eighth grade. Oh, I was loving them. That was my favorite one. Cool. Mine were the uh, Jordan 3s. The 3s. I love the 3s. Loved them. What was your uh, go to move as a player? What'd you like love to do? So for me, you know, being a 
three-point shooter, I mean, it was all about getting getting my, getting my shot off. I mean, if I had a live dribble, my move was in and out crossover, probably do a step back, uh, trying to set up my jump shot. But, you know, really what I got good at was moving without the ball, playing the game without the ball in your hands. I think we had Clay Thompson earlier this year had some crazy game. It might have been 60 points or something like that. Yeah. And it was like he took 12 dribbles the whole time or maybe less it was like maybe he took six dribbles had the ball in his hands for like you know a minute and 30 seconds to score like 60 points that's and, yeah. and it's crazy to think about stats like that I'm, see I want to see if I can bring up the actual the actual time but you know what that shows you is I mean you don't have to have the ball in your hands to be successful and play this game right and a lot of kids these days uh, let's see here time of possession I'm going to look this up just so we can see it but a lot of kids these days think that the game is only played when the ball is your hand, you know, and that's really, you couldn't, that couldn't be farther from the truth. Yeah. Clay Thompson held the ball for just 90 seconds in his 60-point 60, 60 outing. Wow. He scored 60 points, but he only had the ball for 90 seconds. You I know? mean, let's think about that. He took 11 dribbles. Okay. 11 dribbles. All right, the average time that he had the ball in his hands, all right, he touched the ball 52 times. In that one minute and 30 seconds, the average time the ball was in his hand, 1.73 seconds. (laughs) So think about that, all right? The dude's not catching and holding the ball. Ball stoppers, right, kill the momentum of your offense if you catch the ball and hold it. The game's all about quick decisions. Mike D'Antoni always always says, all right, it's a .5 mentality, and you got to shoot it, rip it, swing it. That Mm -hmm. means you're going to shoot it, you're going to rip it, go to the basket, or you're going to pass it to the next guy. No ball stopping. So for me... You know, I got, I, I, got, I had a yeah. really good understanding of how to play without the ball. And so I was able to not only use screens to get shots, but set screens to get shots. And a lot of kids don't understand that. If you're a screen setter, go set a back screen on one of your teammates. A great back screen. Wide open three. And now what you do is you're going to force two guys to go with one. Right? So if your guy doesn't get a layup on that back screen, you are popping out wide open for a three-point shot. But the better screen you set, the more open you will be. Always. Because the initial screen always draws attention from the defense so you know that's something that i always tried to keep in mind oh yeah uh, wow I, it's funny that you say that we were actually working on that today i had a couple boys in the gym and we wanted to get up some shots so we were doing a bunch of back screens into a flash or a pop or a flare and just knocking down shots and that's the best way to get open right? yeah. i mean i can't stress it enough oh you know, man there's really usually only and i say i'll say this i was having a conversation even with daryl Morey, who's the gm of the rockets had this conversation about a week ago and that was you know, you see the guys on TV, the, you know, the James Hardens, you know, you see, you know, the guys who have the ball in their hands the whole time, like Russell Westbrooks. Well, guess what? There's like five or eight guys in the entire world that have the ball in their hands at all times. Right. Everybody else is a role player. Yeah. And, and even on your team, whether it's your, your sixth grade team, your high school team, right, there's probably one guy who's going to be able to have the ball in his hands more than the others. And if you can't learn to play the game without the ball, you just the game's gonna go right by. It's like almost like you didn't participate because you were just out there. Yeah. You know, and, and I think it's important for kids to understand that these days. Dwayne Wade is phenomenal at moving without the ball. He makes some great cuts. His cuts on the weak side are outstanding. Yeah. You know, we actually call it a, a Wade cut coming from the weak side corner. Everybody turns their heads, and you know he slides in there. Yeah. Oh man, I love it. Well, hey, hey, Cody. Thank you so much, man. You dropped serious, serious knowledge today, man. Yeah. I, I just... 
like you said, you know, I'm, I'm one of those guys, I'm willing to learn the game every single day as a coach. And uh, you just taught me a whole heck of a lot today. <laughs> I can't wait to get back out to San Diego with you guys, man. We'll have some fun. We'll have some kids get better. It's always, uh, it's always a blast to catch up with you guys. My pleasure to join you on this, and I look forward to listening in and, and learning as well. Usually I shoot shots, right? So it's rare that I drop dives today, but I'll drop <laughs> some dives. I, I get down with that. <laughs> nice. Um, if anybody wants to find you, where can they find you at? Yeah, I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram, at Top33. That's at T-O-P-P-33. I've also got my own website, CodyTopper.com where uh, I'll post some, you know, some basketball-related articles that I've written on uh, things like different offensive philosophies and different ways to play in the pick-and-roll. So if anybody needs anything, find me on one of those mediums, and any way I can help you out, I will. Great. Yeah, much appreciated. Thank you so much, man. Hey, thank you, guys. Likewise. All right, you too. Yeah. Yeah.